welcome to another episode of Sicker the Most. I'm your host, Steve, and today I have a reoccurring guest. This is back, um, episode, was it three or four? Three? Three. I think it was three. We should probably check. Yeah, yeah God, I should know that. Um, and so this is my boy, Siggy, right? Like um, his episode, if you don't remember, was the one with the crappy audio because he recorded his part on a macbook pro in like the teacher's lounge at santa clara and was yeah it was the wellness center but it didn't work out very well yeah i mean it was still fire don't get me wrong yeah just the audio was was kind of whack so we thought uh we'd bring him on as a little redemption you know yeah absolutely now we got the crisp mics this feels nice it It feels right it does you know It it does so you know we haven't been on, um, you know, sicker than most hasn't been on, uh, on its usual, um, weekly episode due to this. If you guys didn't hear already, there's like this pandemic going around and, um, it's oh, kind of, really? yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of bad. They got like, no one wants to come over and record an episode cause they think that, you know, the virus is here, but we're sicker than most. So it's, it's fine. Yeah. I was uh, apprehensive to come visit you because I didn't want to kill you. It's chill. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I don't want, I don't want porch lights life on my hands, dude. If anyone's a, high risk, you're like, <laughs> you're upper echelon. What a of risk. What a way to go out, you know, and you go through years of addiction, just to homelessness. You know, just to find out. Finally thriving. And then you're like, I'm out, dude. Got the virus. I'm out. No. But in all seriousness, you know, it is kind of kind of scary for a lot of people. You know, uh, I feel for I, I feel for the at-risk people. Um, you know, I have I have lupus. And, and so it is a little little sketch for me. But, you know, I just kind of have to put it in God's hands. You know, like I. I'm not going to say that like I did the whole social distancing thing like perfect, um, you know, but I also didn't live my life in fear. Yeah. And that was like the biggest thing too, is that like, I remember when I first, um, when this pandemic first like kicked off and I, I w- went to the grocery store to get like some toilet paper and they were like all out of toilet paper. So I had to get like paper towels <laughs> and then, um, and then everyone was crazy. Like one case of waters per person like people were like frantic and i was like oh my god like it could be the end of the world and my mind always goes to the worst case scenario so i'm like like i need a gun and like i need to barricade the walls like all this the windows and all this crazy shit yeah (laughs) and i was living in absolute fear like um and it took took a couple days after that before i really realized i was like dude like just put it in god's hands absolutely you know my question always was when the end of the world is coming, why do people need to wipe their ass? Like, why is toilet paper the first thing to go off the shelf? Beats me. Beats me, dude. I, I just don't get that. I feel like paper towels are more useful than than toilet paper. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mean, in terms of, clean, like, you should be cleaning your house, not cleaning your, your butt. Facts. Facts. I think that, yeah, because, I mean, fuck, I was still able to get Clorox wipes, but I couldn't get toilet paper. That makes no sense, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. Even my, even my regular, if you, you know, a lot of people who like know me personally, like you guys know, my favorite snack is uh, peanut butter and bagels. It's pretty flame. 
I could not find a single thing of peanut butter. I was like, why is it that the peanut butter is gone? It's non-perishable. It makes sense. I don't know. It's just like, leave me my, like, you can take my TP all you want. Just don't take my fucking Jif. God. <laughs> Too much to ask. Dude, I tell a lot of people this, including yourself, that you're probably the chillest. You're definitely the chillest person that I know that has lupus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm serious. It's a lot. I mean, it's a serious disease and like I get like a lot of life is hindered, but it doesn't allow you like your disease does not stop you from what you want to do. And that's really commendable. Yeah. I mean, like I said, just put it in God's hands. Some yeah. days are better than others. Like some days I get a little I get a little pissed off about it. You know, can't have, you know, certain foods and um I yeah, got, I'll just drink a milkshake right in front of your face. Yeah, your milkshake's still in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's chill. It's chill. Can't have dairy, but I, you know, I still, I, I still survive. But, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like you know, getting back to the whole like quarantine thing. Like, I really feel like the biggest tool that I've had in in the whole pandemic or whatever is you know being able to turn it over to God. Like, because. Dude, we don't, like, as recovering, like, addicts, we don't really have shit, like, going on for us. Like, we got the Zoom meetings, but, like, I'm just going to say it. Like, I don't I don't like them. I hate I, Zoom meetings. I think they're terrible. Like, I I mean, I get I get it. They help. They, yeah. they, they do help me. But, like, it's just, oh, man. And then plus two, like, did you hear about the, they have to put passwords on them. Yeah. Now, because people are coming in and, like, dude, I had a meeting playing at the, at the detox house, right, for all the clients. Mm-hmm. And some motherfucker comes in and hacks it and just spams it with like a bunch of like porn and like Nazi racism. Like, dude, it was crazy. Like in the, <laughs> that's unreal. It was so bad. How it did the so... kid? How did the kids or people? At oh, they loved take... it. They, they they were dying laughing. Yeah, they're like, this is hilarious. Because it's, they, they, I mean, it's they a can't, source of entertainment. They can't have their phones too. So like, that's probably the first like porn they've seen, fucking since they've been there. Yeah. So like, they got it. You know. And then plus two, like to see the look. Yeah, you, you had people jacking off at the AA meeting. No, no, like they flooded it with porn. Like so, they they like spammed the screen. I know, but the way you phrased that, it seemed like you had like a little orgy. Talks, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I was just sitting back laughing, and my coworker like is scrambling to try to turn off the TV. Yeah, it was it was it was cool. No, that's a real thing. I was hoping that my class would get hacked, but it never did. Because they put it was all it's all passwords now. Yeah. And doesn't doesn't yours run off Canvas too? No, it's I mean, you have the Canvas side to turn in everything, but then you have Zoom to actually meet like once a week. Oh. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I think that might be part of the reason why I hate Zoom so much is because I feel like my life is fully revolved around it. Like usually I have a Zoom meeting like every day. If it's class, work, or AA. Yeah. And even my like graduation commencement is going to be on Zoom, and I don't even really want to tune in on it, bro. Know? And it's not like you're you're like graduating from like community college. Like you literally got like a degree, like a full on like four year degree, yeah, you know, from like a university, and and like now like you you can't walk. Like, but it's probably the perfect way to to encapsulate my college careers by not having a graduation. <laughs> I mean, if it you were sums still... up my six and a half years <laughs> in a nutshell, dude. If, just... if if you like, let's be real. Like, if you if you had never gotten sober and like you did somehow, 
pull it off, right? And still yeah. graduate. Like, do you think you even would have like showed up? I, yeah, dude. Graduation's a massive party. Well, like to the parties, but like to the actual like ceremony. Yeah, because after you you like rage. It's a like a school sponsored rage event. Mm-hmm. There's like all all you can drink, like buffet. It's wow. And a lot of alums and like your friends that like graduated in the past will like come by to the gardens, and then just like everyone gets fucked up. Like it's crazy. Like it's all it's a whole nother world. Not a whole nother world, but it just it feels like you you accomplish something, and the school's like, congratulations, you and did it. As sauced as you can. Yeah. yeah, it's like we don't have to deal with you anymore. You're not our liability. Oh, that's tight. And yeah. it's a Catholic, isn't it a Catholic school too? Yeah, Christian. Yeah, cat. No, it's Catholic. Catholic. Cool. Yeah, Jesuit. Ooh. Yeah, that's tight, dude. Jesuits are the boys, bro. Yeah, they hold it down. Hundred percent. They're actually one of the only, like, one of the few, um, like, priest denominations that like wasn't accused during the whole like police or police priest scandal. Really? Yeah. Good for them. You know? I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, a lot. Not a lot of people do. And Pope Francis is also a Jesuit as well. I don't know. I got I got mad love for the Jesuits, yeah. Loki. Held it down. But I also like went to high school and college at a Jesuit. Just, yeah, Bellarmine yeah. Institute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, just maybe I'm just flooded. I, I'm, I'm. Who knows? It's definitely a tainted opinion for sure. It's chill. It's chill. Yeah. So okay. So then, like, let's talk about let's talk about like getting through like quarantine with someone who has like three years sober because like mm-hmm. you you got over three right yeah. so you got Bad a good willing. you got a good foundation. Um what were some struggles that you had to kind of go through during this whole quarantine? I mean, it's still going on, but like, yeah. Um, I think at first was mostly like human interaction, you know, not even necessarily like in a, like a sexual or physical way. It was just like kicking with the boys or I think I took the little things for granted. And I think a lot of people feel that way as well, where, you didn't understand the severity of the situation until things were were gone. So it kind of goes back to the whole adage that you don't realize how good things were until it's gone. Until it's gone. Um, That's exactly what happened to me. Like I just wanted to go to a restaurant. I wanted to like just kick it at the beach. Like the beaches were closed. Yeah. Um, They're just now opening up. Yeah. Like I always i wasn't the best at like getting the class on time like i, I made an effort to to do that more or like skip out on class but i miss class you know i miss like going to school and like all of that was taken i i guess i just missed the routine of it all and then that was probably one of the hardest things to to deal with right when quarantine hit cuz i felt like i didn't have a lot to like do in a way it just everything was on my computer and I had to stay home and just especially when all this popped off like after the like Rudy Gobert um what tested positive once that pretty much once the NBA shut down like I think that's when myself and a lot of other people in America started taking this seriously and we were three months late at least a month late compared to a lot of other countries 
And that's when I was like, damn, like this is crazy. Like this is actually happening. Yeah. And I love that's probably one of the hardest things too, is this is when like the sports schedule is gonna get fire. Yeah. Like I love sports. I love watching sports. I probably watch sports every day. And I hate to admit it, I also bet on it a lot as well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when quarantine hit, I was betting on uh what was it, like Lithuanian ping pong? That shit's sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just people don't understand like the the art of table tennis, dude. It's a it's in other countries they, that shit's dude, they, so so crazy. Yeah, I watch it on Twitch. They they go hard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just uh, who's your these, go, who's your golden goose? The Lithuanian ping pong. I forget. I just <laughs> hit, have, like, I hit the I hit the the bottom lines hard. Dude. Oh okay. I All was right. like, oh, this guy's like a four fifty like favorite like I, I might as well just hit this on a parlay or something <laughs> there you go. i don't know it's uh this whole quarantine has been kind of a trip honestly but i feel like if i didn't have um solid time even if someone that has solid time that has like shaky ish recovery like you definitely have a lot of time to idle and kind of ruminate on those possibly negative thoughts that might like hinder you or kind of bog you down. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, it's funny. You see like the alcohol and like weed sales, like rise exponentially. Oh, as Corona for sales. Sure, for go sure. down. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, and another thing too, I noticed is that like a lot of like my normie homies, mm-hmm. like, all they did was just kick it and party and it was just like fuck like at first at first the initial thing then to be honest the initial thought was like fuck you dude like you lucky motherfucker yeah but then it was just like dude i I don't like like that's how that's how sick i got with no meetings you know no like fellowship like i thought that partying was like a good idea again yeah, you got can, jealous. Like I don't normally get jealous of people partying because like you have other shit to do. Yeah, but now like when like I'm just sitting at home and I'm like scroll through like Instagram stories and shit and like people are out there just turning up and then like hanging out and like not giving a fuck like mm-hmm. it's just like, you know. Yeah, no. That, that's a scary thought, you know, when I get to the point where like partying sounds like cool again. Yeah. You know? I mean, some of my boys that that are really dope, I fucking love them, but they uh some of them have been going pretty hard and uh and yeah i'm like damn dude that, that looks fun right you know it's like i you know you get laid off from work right and then you get on the the unemployment yeah and then like or even if you do work they're like cutting hours yeah something. yeah you have a structured schedule like you don't work weekends this is the first time i haven't worked a weekend like continuously and i don't remember how long cuz i had like a weekend gig too mm. and once quarantine hit, like that was gone immediately. So I, like I had weekends available, but I hadn't, I couldn't do anything with them, which is bammer. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I feel like you could take it in either way. You could like dwell on the negative or kind of just like focus on the positive. Mm. Um, That's a great segue into the next, the next thing. Yeah. Is like, okay. So like now that sports are gone, now that fellowship's gone, the boys are gone. What did you have to do to adapt? Dude, I had to get. I had, I mean, 
I stuck to social distancing rules, but I had to get out. I, uh, well, you hit nature pretty hard there. I was, dude, I was definitely fully natured. Nature's <laughs> pretty neat. Um, you could tell a tr- how a tree is by the way it is, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would go, I would like hike almost every day and like being like moved out to Gilroy, you're kind of like, you could go to everywhere is pretty much like 30 minutes away. Yeah. You know, I like, uh, I went to Uvis, um, Canyon, like you have to go through Svetl. Uvas? Uvas. Yeah. And, uh, you have to go through like the little town, like the little, um, Swedish, like campground Svetl. Yeah. Um, to get there and the waterfalls were popping. It was beautiful out there. And then you can hike on the beach. You got Mount Madonna, like right next to me. Oh yeah. Um, did, did you go to those places a lot before quarantine? I did like, but not nearly as frequently cause I wouldn't have time to do it. Right. You know, I would be working or I had school or whatever. Um, I would always find something better to do or just, I mean, life just seems like it gets in the way, but when life kind of puts on pause, um, I try to take this time to like focus on myself, um, a lot more and meditating a lot. And then I've been cooking a lot too. I know. Ooh, okay. I've been on the, uh, I've been on the Baker grind lately. Really? Yeah. What, I, so what is, you know, what does a day in the kitchen look like for SIG? Dude. The, I mean, first off you got to feed the sourdough starter. I've been a mean, I've been a mean baker, bro. Dude, people don't know about the sourdough. Dude, I, sh- it takes a minute. Like dude, you have to like literally like grow some fucking like organisms, right? Yeah. Like the yeast and stuff. Yeah. And, and then you keep it alive. So like when you have like the starter itself, it's like really yeasty. So you got to like probably take some out to put more in and then it kind of like rises from there. And it, it's a, it's a couple day process to get like from the starter to a loaf, to a loaf. but like with the starter with the active starter you can make a shit ton more of it Mm. so it's just like as long as you keep like the little bit living then you can just like make a lot okay yeah Yeah. i make a mean sourdough dude dude, it's actually fire kind of sad you didn't bring some through i know i mean i I definitely didn't plan accordingly coming out here it's chill but uh i've had a great time i mean steve's the fisherman now it's amazing He's just watching you and your element, dude. That's probably what you've been doing during quarantine, just getting out on all, the river. All day. All yeah. day. River, lakes, ponds, you know. Find a puddle, dude. Throw, get your line wet, see what happens, you know. Like, dude, ripping lips, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think that that's the craziest thing that's happened from quarantine. Because I've always been, you know, into fishing. Like, my dad used to take me out when I was little and stuff like that. And, you know when I, when, when the using days were still chill and like fun and like, you know, I was just drinking and smoking weed. I did a lot yeah. of fishing then. And, um, you know, but I, <laughs> dude, I wouldn't catch nearly as much when I was all drunk that I do now, you know? And so now, like now that quarantine hit, there was literally nothing to do except for outlaw fish. Cause like everything was shut down. So like, it still kind of tickles my, my inner, um, my inner, uh, what is it called? Troublemaker. Yeah. That goes sneak. You're, on to- we're rebels. I think most addicts, and alcoholics are rebels without causes, right? Oh, yeah. 100%, dude. And so everything's closed down. So, you know, hopping fences just to get the, that one fishing hole, you know? And then once you get that once you get that big hog on the line, dude, it's it's a beautiful thing, man. 
and it's so rewarding Life's too. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and then like I don't know, like I I'm starting to preach this now more to like people in early recovery too is like, you know, get yourself a rod. Like try it out because there's it's it's addictive, dude, and it re- like when you go and you spend all this time like you know, getting your setup and then like getting out to the spots and then, you know, you get your line wet. And like I said, dude, and then it like, you'll be out there all day. Just like, and then when you're most discouraged, when you feel like nothing's going to hit all of a sudden you get that pull and you're good and you're reeling in and it's this beautiful fish, whether you're going bass fishing, trout fishing, whatever, you know, yeah, it's, it's like the sky's the limit with it too. You know? And I just, I mean, fuck since quarantines like happened, like fortunately I still have an essential job. Mm-hmm. So like I still can, you know, make money and, and, um, and everything like that. So I've invested a lot into fishing gear and you know, it's, it's a great thing. Like it's, can you enlighten the listeners on what it feels like to hook a fish? Oh man. Like when you feel the nibble. Oh man. Well, okay. Let me, I'll try to do a little analogy here. Cause there's nothing quite like it, you know? Wow. There, you know, there's nothing quite like it, but like, you remember that first time you got just really high or really drunk and it just felt I, right. I remember the first time I got high vividly. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it just, it felt like the world was different in a way that like I never experienced before. Right. It was like, I remember I was at the park near my house and we snuck out and my homie had a bong and we, uh, we were just like blazing it. Not fat, like in hindsight, not fat at all. <laughs> like you can't even front, dude. <laughs> but we were definitely, we were definitely out here trying, you know. And uh, I remember, like, once it hit, like it felt like the world, like the axis, like tilted. Like, like someone like turned on the switch. Like, yeah. They just clicked the switch on. Yeah, and I remember it was these, you know, like a lot of these like public, like middle schools, they. Uh, they have like those really like nasty yellow lights over, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember them getting like way brighter and just like my, I felt like the Mr. Krabs meme. Yeah. You know, just yeah, like yeah. the whoa, like what is <laughs> happening, dude? And then we, uh, this is, this will probably, then we got back and then we played, we played Halo 3. Oh my God. Yeah. That might, that might time me a little bit. <sighs> But we played Halo, Halo 3, 3. <laughs> yeah. with the warthogs and the ghosts. Hell, and hell yeah, dude. The energy swords. God, yeah. And then Halo. and then I smacked like. I think I was like, it was four of us. I think we hit like six boxes of Annie's mac and cheese. <sighs> Didn't clean up a single thing. No, of course not. Leave yeah. that to moms, right? No, 100 <laughs> percent. My parents wake up in the morning. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you guys were asleep when we went to sleep. I'm like. No, we got a second wind. We were just hungry all of a sudden. We had a full dinner, but we were just hung just <laughs> just had to eat a whole case of mac and cheese. Had to. Yeah. Had to. Had to. All right, all right. Circle back. Well, no, that's perfect because that's it. I mean, other than the mac and cheese, that's exactly what it feels like to catch a fish, but the only difference, uh-huh. The only difference yeah. is that feeling is the same each and every time. So like Ooh. So you're not chasing so I mean I guess you are. Oh, chasing you're you're the chasing high. it, but you get it every time. That's I mean, the best part about it. I didn't get shit, but. bro. But like, just because I didn't get shit. 
I mean, we tried, dude. I mean, save save some fish for me, Steve. I uh, know that's just two. Was it two days ago? That was a fucking killer day, for you, for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful out there. Yeah. I think that's part of the cool thing too. Like when you're fishing, like most of these spots are gorgeous. Yeah. You know, so you, you, if you can't appreciate just being out there with your friends, or e- even if you're going solo, like you should appreciate like. <sighs> Dude, you being out there solo is the best way to i mean okay don't get me wrong like it's great to fish with the boys yeah like don't like it's awesome right mm-hmm. you know especially it gets a little competitive you know everyone's out there trying to catch more fish than the next person but here's the thing when you go out by yourself like and you're just there you yeah know, throw on some tunes you know bring some bring some soda bang rock star pack of darts go out there find a nice little shady log get your line wet like Bro, like you can, you can seriously find God. And then you could also tell the tales of the fish that got away. Oh, y- there you go. And you know how like, you, you have know, no witnesses. No, exactly. Exactly. The only thing is, is you know, you got, you, yeah. And then, but I think too, like there, there was something about, and just in general too, like finding like a hobby. Like I don't, I, I don't think that like life was even designed, like sobriety was even designed to like you know, just be in constant like meetings and, and, and constantly like in the book. Like, I feel like, like you got to lay that foundation and then you get to experience life and find new things that like interest you and find new hobbies. And like, I guarantee you, like, you know, um, before, before this quarantine, like I had some hobbies, you know, like, like I got my, I got my Cadillac to work on and, and stuff like that but like pretty much all i did was just like hang out with the homies and work you know well i mean big book thumpers definitely have like a good life as well well no you no know? but you notice like the big book thumpers don't just dump the book well 100 yeah like no, i feel like true. i feel like people like a lot of new i hear this a lot with newcomers like especially at work like clients that come in they're like they're like dude i don't want to be lame like these guys and i'm like what do you mean lame like these guys like homeboy over there who's like with 20 years like preaching the big book like he's got like four choppers like I mean, not helicopter, like, like no, motor- know, motorcycles, yeah. like, you know, he's got like an amazing family. He has like, like the proof of the program. Is, he probably has better credit than you. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's the thing. It's, uh, I was going to ask you this, but I guess while we're on this topic, it's not, I guess when you're in the disease, you think you're like the illest when you're like in it, you know, like, I think that, that was, that was it for me when, uh, when I was getting fucked up all the time, I thought I was so sick. Yeah. You know, like I thought like everything was what everything I was doing was like I was in the right. But like when you take a step back, like probably being a member of society is probably a little bit cooler, you know, like the, just having your shit together. Well, the, the coolest thing I think is like being like being like a, you're a son to your parents. Yeah. Being being a good friend. You know, mm-hmm. being the best Siggy that you can be. 100%. It it just, that isn't credited enough in society. Did you have like an ego wipe when you got sober? Because that's what happened to me. You know, like, who is Steve? Because you associate yourself with like what you're doing. And like what drugs you're you're using or whatever you're selling or, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You like attach yourself with that, and then you kind of supplement whatever you're doing around it, and then that's kind of like your persona. So when you strip that away, 
like did you have like an existential crisis because i definitely did yeah so i think that could be like in lieu with a hobby thing like that's huge well i feel like i got pretty beat down the like like every time i got out and i feel like my my ego would like rise back up when i started using again mm-hmm. and then it would get crushed back down when i got sober but yeah. like every time it never quite got back to how it was back when i was like when using was still fun but what happened was when i got sober the last time or this last time i um i realized i wasn't good at anything like the only thing i was good at was fucking shooting up mm-hmm. like that was that's it. what i'm saying yeah. i didn't have any skills like i kind of i i forgot how to almost read dude like that's how that's how fucking fried i was like i couldn't like i couldn't sit down and read for more than like two minutes without my head hurting i couldn't i couldn't hold down a normal conversation i didn't know how to cook i didn't know how to even fucking make my bed you know i didn't know how to have a routine i didn't i i didn't know how to listen to people when they're talking to me because every time someone talked to me all I could think about is what I'm gonna say I, I I wasn't good at anything like I really was not good at anything and so after getting sober and realizing that um, it scared the shit out of me because I was like you know like what what am I gonna do like I don't know I don't know what my interests are I don't know what my hobbies are you know I, all these things that I did before, like with, with playing basketball and, um, you know, the only reason why I was good at basketball was because I was, I'd fucking do a bunch of Coke and Adderall before the games. Like when it came down to actually playing, I sucked ass, you know, when it (coughs) snowboarding, like fucking when I got back out on the snowboard, like I've been snowboarding since I was 10, but when I got back out on the snowboard, like I realized like I was a fucking puss, like all the jumps that I was hitting, all the boxes I was hitting, all the rails I was hitting, I was shit-faced. That's why I had the confidence to do it. Then when I got sober, like, yeah, I'd hit these jumps and these rails before, but I, I didn't have the balls to do it sober, you know? So I had to relearn how to do all these things, and I sucked at pretty much anything that I thought I was good at. And it was just, that was, that was one of the hardest things to deal with for me. Sounds like a really humbling experience. Yeah, yeah. And coming from someone who didn't have like a big ego to, to start with. Like, yeah. so what pushed you through? Just what was kind of the motivation besides getting sober? Like what, what pushed you to like want to yearn for what you had or what you want, wanted to be? Honestly, it was the boys, the homies, the like my squad, like that, like they didn't care if I was good at anything or if I, fucking sucked at anything like they didn't care like they just they fucked with me for who I was and it's another thing too before getting sober like I didn't I didn't have people like that in my life like all my homies were based around what I had or what I could get for them you know and so when getting sober when I started to realize that like people didn't want anything from me like people like would hit me up to kick it and I was like why and they're like what the fuck you mean like roll through like kick it and so that was really what pushed me through when i started to realize that i didn't need to have something or be someone to be accepted Mm -hmm. you know and then i still suck at snowboarding but like it's fine you know yeah i still i still suck at basketball but it's fine just laugh about it you know yeah um 
and then now I'm finding things that I'm actually decent at too, you know, and it's like, it's incredible. No, hundred percent. It's incredible. Um, but, but yeah, it, it just, it's one, it, it's another one of those things too, that just, it takes time. Like I wish that people in early sobriety, like all these things could click for them right off the bat, because I guarantee you a lot more people would stay sober if they were able to see the things that I've seen with two years that, that they're not able to see with a month or two. Mm -hmm. you know? Especially in your line of work, you definitely see the transformation before your own eyes. Yeah. It's hard to, to see it for yourself because you're looking yourself in the mirror every day. Um, but as someone like from an outside perspective, looking at people that are actively going through it, kind of like fighting the fight, like it must be like, it must be so rewarding yeah. like every day. Like, especially if someone like puts in the time, like becomes vulnerable, like ex accepts the things they cannot change and then are willing to, to do the things to change that. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And so like you, you see like many miracles, like almost every day. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I think the coolest thing was that, um, it was like, dude, it was the best experience I've ever had working in treatment. I took the clients fishing, right. Mm -hmm. And I won't say your name, but she knows who she is. Shout out to the homie, um, who caught her first fish a couple weeks ago. Like, like that was the dopest thing to see. Like we're all like we're all fishing. I'm not even catching shit, dude. Like I didn't I didn't catch anything the whole day. And then all of a sudden we're about to pack it up. And then homegirl's like, Oh, I think I'm snagged. Oh no, I think I caught something. And she drags this big old pike minnow onto shore. And I was like, Yes. Like that's what I'm talking about. Just when you think things are so bad or so hard or not coming through, like, you know something always does that's why it's fishing is life because you know you, you can look at it so many different ways but that's like the coolest thing is you know when when people in early sobriety get those wins mm -hmm. you know yeah those are huge you know I, but what what fucks me up too is like i've seen certain people get those wins in early sobriety and they go back out because they got the wins are they like oh this is the best it can be no they forgot about the wins they forgot about them because I, I I don't think if they would have remembered the wins when they thought about getting high, they would yeah. have got high. Cause I know that that worked for me. Like I remember like times I wanted to use and just thinking like, God, like we got, like, you got to pull me through on this one. I think it's also easier going back in early sobriety because you don't, you're not losing that much time. I'm just from a addict mindset, you know, it's just like, Oh, I've only been here for, a couple months like mm -hmm. you you don't see the you don't see the results yet well, and the relapse you know when we first met back in 2017 the relapse after we first met that was one of the biggest things that got me i said well fuck like i got like 60 days like i better fuck this up quick because yeah. what happens if i like end up putting like six months or a year into this shit and then you're still an asshole though no because you thought i was the one that was gonna go <laughs> out <laughs> Did we, I think we already told this story I, on the other episode. I know. I just, I, we'll, we'll refresh. I, we'll I refresh still him. hold a resentment on yeah, that. It's okay. No, I mean, it's, it's an act of, it's a living amends for sure. I'm working on I it. I still, <laughs> no, for me, I still love you. It's, uh, no, it's, that was funny. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I thought I was going to stay in the program. It was just like, either. It was, it was, I mean, it, there were all the telltale signs. Like, 
come in with the fucking relapse prevention packets like from I had to get it CDRP signed and with your folder and like I didn't go through CDRP but it was another outpatient but yeah shout out CDRP you know this is I mean yeah it, it, it worked I I don't want to talk shit on CDRP All right, next, next, next topic <laughs> <laughs> but I mean yeah, hundred percent. When I got to outpatient, I don't think I had the right mindset. I uh, I was really good uh, through therapy and other things to like out cliche, like the psychiatrist. You know, you know how they like talk in cliches. Yeah, I would just out cliche the shit out of them. <laughs> like especially during group. <laughs> I would, oh my god I'm just like I'm, I mean I used to be I still am like such a Like a smart ass And such an asshole You know It's just like I'll just I it, In a lot of like Social settings And like People that like really Like talk to me Or like get to know me I take things like Really with a grain of salt And like I'm really like Satirical And uh That's a lot of my sense of humor Is like really dark that like and I I it's from all the trauma. <laughs> Just can you hear the pain in my voice? <laughs> Do you feel what I feel? And uh, and yeah, it's just I I just went in just to kind of pass time, but also like appease the people around me that were so scared of where I was and like were hope like there's so many people rooting for me. In the beginning, and there still are, and that's probably part of the reason why I'm still sober. But there's so many people rooting for me to like get better or like be the person that I was. But I didn't know who I was anymore um, without the drugs or alcohol, um, and I lost all the hobbies and everything that I like had, um, like when I before I was using and then while I was doing it, like I, I was still like trying to appease everyone. Um, I think a part of it too was kind of the trauma like I went through. Not, I mean, everyone, not everyone, but most people um, have gone through like a heartbreaking loss, you know? Um, like everyone, like everybody got dead homie. Shout out, shout out Mac. Yeah, um, no, it's real. But uh, it, it felt like for me at a young age, or like kind of a, like a transitional period from when I was like 12 to like 17. Um, I lost a lot of role models that like were really big in my life. Um, like martial arts was like a huge part of my like life. Um, I, I, I'm like adult second degree black belt in Wushu. Which, Wait, what? Yeah. How do I not know that? Dude, I keep it on the low. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that was a huge part of, like, my life. What and the fuck, dude? Yeah. How did you literally... How have we been boys for three years and you just forget to bring that up? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I Apparently, I'm still a lethal weapon. It, it's gotten <laughs> me good in, like, a lot of, like, bar and street fights. Where, like, these kids, like, all right, dude, I got this. I got this, fool. You know, like, I got this light-skinned white boy, <laughs> Latino kid. He doesn't even know who the fuck he is. I just <laughs> just whip out some shit on him. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, my uh, sensei was the original uh, Black Power Ranger, like the like the fool that was like wearing the mask, you know? No. Yeah. It was like that's really dope. Yeah, like him and Jet Li were boys, and then he like went off and like where was this? At? Stu- this is in Palo Alto. Uh, Shout out Studio Kicks Palo Alto. Studio Kicks Palo Alto. Yeah, uh, me and my boy Casey were kind of like the two like pupils, like and we up, would the up and comers, like the we were like the top. The we were top like the class. Yeah, but we were like the like the first two students, but we we're also like pretty nice with it too. Okay. So like we would go out and like do demos, like all throughout the bay, just kind of promoting studio kicks, and then like doing it in front of a bunch of kids, like playing with swords, doing flips, like doing all the cool shit that you can do that like you have to train really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of built it from the ground up, and my ego definitely got in the way of it. I like I copped a lot of resentment. Because I wouldn't get anything in return. You throw a roundhouse and you just think you're the man, right? Dude, 100%. <laughs> Especially like when you go to these NASCAR tournaments. And NASCAR is pretty much like the national... I forget what the acronym like specifically stands for. But it's pretty much like the national karate like league. Okay. So, like They have it like all throughout the states. And it's worldwide as well. Um, and I would go to these NASCAR tournaments and beat these karate kids. Um, and like different... like. They have like different divisions, so you have like a weapons, like freehand, like um, traditional, and like uh, a bunch of other stuff. And I would like enter in like four or five like different comps, like at one thing, and I I would win like more times than not. Mm-hmm. And like that's a huge ego boost, one hundred percent. And I thought I was the shit, and then I would look back, and I built I had these like this building resentment because he's trying to like build this gym and like i'm trying to be the shit and like he was trying and it's hard to manage a lot of egos especially like at a young like with a bunch of young kids and there are some older ones but he was pretty much building it um because he wanted like the first like black belt class and but he had to like hold up casey and i to let these other kids these other people like try to like come up want to join right like it was like a promotion. Well, he's, he's got he's got a lot of people at this point, um, but he he's have he has to hold like us back because he can't just graduate like three or four people um, to black belt. He wanted to build like this black belt class, you know, as like a debut. It's like all right, we're like legitimate at this point because that's big. Like that's a lot of that's that's a lot of time commitment, right. like getting a black belt, and um, he kind of wanted to just promote it. So we did a Deanza College. Um, we had like this whole showcase. It was, it was huge. Um, I actually watched the black belt, um, DVD that they, they like recorded. Dude, I, I was, I was so nimble. I was, (laughs) dude, it was, it was actually pretty sick. Like watching like me back. Like I was so pissed off that day because like, I was like, dude, half of these kids shouldn't be here. (laughs) You know? So um, they have this weapon called the staff, which is just like a big ass stick, uh-huh. you know? And I'm like doing my sh- thing with like this other guy and I'm literally, and there's, there's this one part we kind of have to like hit the stick like back and forth. Um, and then like kind of whip it and then bring it around around the back. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm whipping it like back and forth and it breaks on me cause I'm like so mad. 
No. I'm just like, bah, 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 bah. it breaks. And then I like see it's like just, I'm just holding it in my hand, just like a twig at this point. And then I just like whip it and just like do my thing with it. You know, it's funny. <laughs> it, it looks sick too. Like on video, it's just like you see it just snap in like a hundred pieces. <laughs> um, That's tight. Yeah. And then, I don't know. That's just, that was like a really big thing. And then he passed away um, from pancreatic cancer like mm. a, a couple years like later. And that really fucked me up because I thought this guy was invincible. You know, mm. he had one eye. He like was homeless out in Boston. And uh, he was like trying to build a fire or something. The, there's, you know, like when people are like really legendary, they have like a hundred stories for like one incident, yeah. you know? So this is the one I stuck with. He because he he rocked a glass eye. And he would take it out sometimes just to like fuck with kids, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, and I think he because he he had a really rough childhood out in like he was a Southie out in Boston. Mm. So have you ever seen like the town or just any like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon movie? You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he had a, he had a pretty rough childhood and he something happened like i i think what he was trying to do was like start a fire and he was like playing around with a knife and i think like either the wood or the knife like got in his eye no yeah <laughs> like, yeah he had a bunch of different stories for the thigh is it right yeah, 100%. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's probably the most practical one that i heard um <laughs> but yeah that was like he was like a huge part of like me becoming a man or like me trying to be like have like a significant role in my own life mm-hmm. um oh like a huge thing of like any martial art is discipline especially because you're training for something that not a lot of people can do or you're training for something that you can like hurt a lot of people with um if you use it the wrong way i think like a lot of ufc fighters like have to struggle with that because yeah. they could pretty much like kill anyone on the planet yeah you know, and like a lot of them are loose heads and you hear like a bunch of stories and shit, yeah. you know? Um, but it's one of those things where like he, he was such a, like a demonstrative, like prominent figure besides my parents. Cause I spent almost more time with him than my parents and like him gone. Um, one of like my, my homeroom teacher, uh, at Bellarmine like passed away. Um, like one of my, my golf instructor that like, I like, he was pretty much teaching me like from the age of like eight, like passed away when I was like 15. Um, so like besides, so like everyone around me was kind of like dropping and, uh, it was like, kind of like messed me up. And I think the icing on the cake was, uh, was one of our like really good family friends. Do you remember like the gun high school suicide stuff like the train stuff um like it was a, like it was a, a while ago but what on caltrain yeah so like everyone was like jumping in front of the tracks yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so he was I one remember, yeah. i used to have to ride it up to st lawrence and that shit dude like someone would die and, and then we'd be sitting there for like an hour or two yeah no th- yeah he was one of them i've been on i've been on a i think i've been on like three different train rides where like they've like hit someone but it was like usually you know like regardless of who it is 
like that sucks but it's mostly like homeless people like that fell asleep on the train Mm -hmm. i'm not trying to like degrade like their life like everybody's someone's everything you know um yeah but it was like that one really hit home because he was like 17 he he was he was a senior and he didn't get into stanford but like he ended up happening that he got into princeton like after he like passed away no you know and it's just like dude it was tragic it was like the saddest funeral i've ever been at in my entire life like to like to this day you know um like suicide's no joke like i when i was going through it like i had like suicidal inclinations for sure um and because i forgot about like how many people it affects because like when you're going through it you only think about yourself right um but you don't realize like how many people like really love you or like how many people are rooting for you and and like that was i saw that firsthand like early on and all that shit like kind of like in combination with each other like made me say like fuck it you know um in a in a weird way i was able to uh to do the two-face thing like i said in the previous podcast where like i would like be one person like for a certain amount of time and then i could like unleash and be like a totally different person so like i i felt really comfortable being a chameleon in a d- bunch of different like situations that i put myself in um because well, then no one has to know the real like you yeah it's easier that way yeah it's just simpler safer yeah safer that's what i that's what i had to realize too when i got sober too is like i can't like put up a facade all the time like yeah. just because it feels safer because then like it just gets you into a bunch of fucking trouble yeah and when you live in like a loo of lies like it's like it's the web mess. like the web gets so big like yeah. you have to like remember like which lie you told what to did you ever throw the lies in your notes app on your phone no, that was. They never got that twisted. That's, that's too next level for me. Oh. I was. I thought. I always thought that I could handle it. You know. Yeah. It's asking. It's, for, it's not that bad if you don't have to throw them in your notes app. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's another character defect of mine is. Uh, I always thought I had it. Never asking for help for anything. You know. Mm. I couldn't imagine where I could where I would have been at earlier on in my life if I was able to ask for help. Which is crazy, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I always thought that if it wasn't handed to me for me to do it, I could do it on my own. But that's, like, not the case at all. It's so much easier asking for help, asking for suggestions, listening to them, and, like, actually, like, following through through that than, like, doing it on your own, struggling. It's just so much wasted time. Well, and the following through ones, like the biggest thing, because like, you know, when we get in our shits, right. Mm-hmm. And then we ask for help and then someone tells us what the fuck to do, whether it's a sponsor or a mentor or something like that. But then like life starts to get a little bit better. So we're like, nah, fuck it. We don't need to do that. You know? Yeah. And then it just comes back in like a week or two and smacks us in the face. And we're like, fuck, if we would have just actually just done what they said. This would not be hitting me in the face a week or two later. Mm-hmm. I think I struggle with that a lot too. It's just like you, you don't, you know, when life gets good, we don't want to like keep on doing good and keep on asking for help. Like we want to kind of do things our own way. Yeah. And when life gets whack, like, were you in touch with your emotions using or now? Like previously, like before I got sober. Yeah. No, not at all. I didn't know how to fuck. I didn't know. I honestly thought that the way I felt towards life and the way like certain social and 
you know, regular situations made me feel was normal. I thought that that's how everyone felt. They just knew how to handle it better. In reality, I'm like, no, like I, I was never like, I was literally anxious as and, and depressed from like the time that I can remember, like as a kid, like from your first like memories, like I never felt like I fit in and I never felt like anything was like good enough or right. But I thought that that's, it was normal because no one told me that that's not how you're supposed to feel. Like, because that just felt normal for you because you've dealt with it for so long. Yeah. And then when shit would go good and I wouldn't feel like that, I would get, I would get fucking bugged out. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Because things are too good or things are good. Or I'd have like a good day and I'd be like, when the fuck is this going to end? Like we need to get back to normal quick. Mm-hmm. Like this is not normal, you know? Did you ever reach out to anyone to like about that? Or were you just kind of like, I you mean, thought that you thought just you feeling anxious was, was like how everyone else was going through life. I mean, like the first time, and it was any of this was ever addressed was like eighth grade. Right. And I, I, you know, I got, I got caught smoking weed and drinking. So they sent me to a, like, my parents sent me to like this shrink and I thought it was like this school shrink. And I thought it was cool because like, I got to leave class like a couple hours of the day and go talk to this therapist. Word. And you know, we played like fucking like board games and shit. And you know, she might've helped me, but like, I didn't notice anything. Like we were never coming to any conclusions. I feel like she was more just like picking my brain so she could write a report and give it to the principal and my parents, you mm-hmm. know? So did you feel that? during it no i had no i just thought this i thought you know i i just thought that like since i was doing so bad in school they just said fuck it and pulled me out and let me talk to some lady for a couple hours okay yeah um it wasn't until um my first inpatient with the whole like behavioral modification and um and i started you know um talking to like other like young addicts like 16 and 17 year olds who thought the same way i thought and like i was like oh shit like, this isn't normal, and I'm not the only person that thinks like this, you know? Because mm-hmm. high school, I wouldn't let anyone in. Like, yeah. yeah it, it's too, too sketch. Having to go from school to school all the time, like, I, I learned to just kind of keep a wall up, you know? Because, fuck, by the time I was sophomore in high school, I'd already been to five different schools. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. So you so. didn't really have, like, that foundation. You didn't have, you didn't have the like, the boys or whatever. No, you're, no, no, no. you're kind of like the lone wolf. Yeah, I always tried to like find a couple cool homies like here and there, and, and yeah, and just but I, I mainly just kind of uh, you know. And your relationship was probably like based upon like using. Well, yeah, dude. Once you find out that like, you know, like, you all, all I need is like, you know, is some weed and some pills. Like, what? What? Like. Why would I? Why would I need to put in any effort to to find any human connection? Yeah, no, I I definitely want to do the same shit. Um, it you, you can always find people that are using anywhere, or like you can find drugs anywhere. You know? Like, yeah, if, I, if you're, it, you know, it don't even it's it's almost like they come to you. Hundred percent. Like, oh, dude, check this out, right? I'm I'm dude. So I got two years sober on May twenty third. So like five days ago, right? Hell yeah, brother. And check, but check this out, right? I go and I take the clients to the, to the, um, to like this little lake, right? Cause get them out of the house, you know, like, cause the quarantine's driving them crazy. They can't go to meet. We can't take them to meetings or this anything. Is this the same time that girl caught that fish? No, that was a couple weeks before this. This okay. was, this was like this week on the 23rd, like Word. my, on my two year sober. No way. I take the clients to the, to this thing and everyone, and there's a lot more people than I thought were at this lake. Right. 
dude, uh, we're walking down. This guy walks straight up to me and is like this fucking big cholo, fully tatted guy. He walks straight up to me holding like a, like a, like a 40 and he's like, Hey, you want to get high? And I'm just like, no. And I was like, what? Like in my mind, I'm like, what the fuck makes you think I want to get high? Like, why would you, why I had a whole group of clients, but the only person he asked from that whole group was me. I thought it was the strangest thing. I don't know if that was God testing me on my two years or what. Um, has to be. But it was just like, in I was just like, no, nah, I'm good. And he's like, oh, all right, and just walked away. Yeah, that's like, that's what crazy. The fuck. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, I remember, uh, like when I was in school with people in the classroom. Um, when I was high, I would look around the room. And there'd be like the other like stone homies that would like we would make eye contact. There'd be like a vibe, like <laughs> and we would both realize we were both high. <laughs> we'd be like, "Yo, I'm high too." <laughs> yeah, man, it's like it really is like bir- birds of a fla- feather flock together. Like I, I, there's there's not a whole lot to. I, I don't know. Like I have crazy stories of me like copping drugs in like different cities and how just effortless it was. You know, and, um, and yeah, what trips me out too is, um, all the times that like I would hang out with someone just because like they had drugs and I wanted their drugs and how sketch that's because dude, like, I'm, I'm just like a, I'm just a skinny little white boy, dude. Like not to, you know, like I'm not like that strong or like I'm not really good at fighting like I'm not like you're probably fast though yeah but like these these people were probably faster too you know (laughs) and so like I uh uh and they had guns and most of the time I didn't have a gun yeah you can't can't outrun a bullet no no so that you know like and how how many times I hung out with people who like I like shouldn't have been hanging out with just because they had drugs and how many times like like nothing bad happened you know yeah I, I just think that like um it's 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 just a miracle you know it's just a miracle and and uh um you don't think about consequences no no you know well because the the um the consequences too for for that type of stuff like you don't you don't know like especially being so naive like like Fuck, I was homeless when I was 17. So like I, yeah, you've seen some shit. I didn't man. I didn't know like I didn't know like the first time I got robbed at gunpoint was probably like a like a couple weeks after I got kicked out, but I never thought that that would happen, you know? And and then like like just the progression of like the more and more fucked up shit that continued to happen, like I was just like this cannot be real. Mhm. Like it just it it can't be real. Like and but it but it just kept on happening and kept on happening and I was like but it can't happen to someone like me like I'm not like I didn't grow up in a hard situation like I didn't you know I didn't I haven't done anything to like deserve this right but it mm-hmm. didn't matter it was the situations that I was putting myself in yeah you know isn't it funny when we put ourselves in shitty situations and then we blame everyone else for being in those situations yeah and I love how it's as an addict, it's our first, like, it's our first response to 100%. Like, yeah, it's our, like, 
like no one taught us like bro you got to just blame everyone else because then like you don't have any consequences yeah like, no like we just came up with it by ourselves you're like no this is this is not the move and it, i don't know why i'm here right now but i'm straight up not having a good time <laughs> exactly dude exactly he's fucking sicker the most man sicker the most you know and it's it's okay like i mean at the end of the day like it's okay we're sober like we're fixing it we're we're clearing up the wreckage like that's why like i don't know that's why just like i have like such a big heart for addicts is because the world won't look at like them like that like us like that like yeah they're, they're like there's just why why the fuck are you blaming everyone else like why can't you take accountability like why are you doing this to your family why are you doing this to your friends and like literally like i get it like we're all we're sicker than most mm -hmm. like we're not, You're not thinking of anyone else we're not bad people trying to we're not bad people trying to be good people we're sick people trying to get well yeah and um who was on your podcast that like shed that drop that bomb in knowledge it's like when you put enough drugs into someone oh, they'll do some crazy shit thomas bro yeah thomas is a that was so dude. that was so true shout out tc oh my god dude that guy's a living legend i'll dude i'll i'll use that shit in meetings like when i get called on like that's my go-to now because it, it like dude it resonates so hard it, oh man like it's so true like it, and, and and i can't believe i've read the big book so many fucking times so many fucking times but for some reason it took Thomas C on my podcast to finally connect those two dots. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you think you know about the insanity, but until until you get that bomb dropped on you by Thomas, like you don't you don't know the true alcoholic insanity. Like it's just not brought. It's not apparent to you. Yeah, that's how cunning and baffling and fucking nuts this disease is, bro. Like, and then you could like second guess it, and then you can like rationalize it to do it again. You're like, oh, oh that's yes. not that's not me. Because I was so fucked up yesterday. Yeah. You know? So today might be a better day. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what do you think? I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Um, how do you think you personally or just like um, intersectionally, like societally, how do you think like you could end the stigma regarding like recovery or people in recovery or like sobriety as a whole you know what the biggest thing the biggest thing that needs to change <coughs> rona rona <laughs> uh, the biggest thing that needs to change is education and treatment i education in treatment no education and treatment okay like i don't think I think it okay I think it's fucked up right that someone has to go to jail prison or be on parole for them to get treatment unless they have good insurance mm -hmm. like I don't I don't believe that um, anything's gonna change with the drug problem in the United States or even the fucking world if if treatment is not improved and more readily available and it's here, still you, criminally charged it, right you're still considered right. a well not a even criminal not even that dude like i feel like i mean well yeah obviously right like i'm i don't really give a fuck whether drugs are legal or not like people are gonna do them like if i'm pretty okay. sure if heroin was legal 
I probably wouldn't have tried it as quickly as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really give a fuck whether it's legal or not. Like, who cares? Heroin's basically legal anyways. Like, if you ever had a fentanyl fucking, you ever chewed on a fentanyl patch? Like, same shit, you know? No. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ever, you ever fucking, I don't know, you know, you, you ever ate like 12 Addies in one day? Like, yeah, meth is legal. You just, it's a different name. Yeah. Um, okay. But when it comes to like the whole legalization decriminalization like it'll help change society it'll make it'll take these drugs off the streets like no what's gonna take the drugs off the streets and don't clap back at me listeners this is just my opinion but i think that treatment needs to be more readily available i don't care how it happens but like whether we take all the money that we use from i don't know that's what the politicians are supposed to figure out it's above my fucking pay grade but regardless we need to have treatment more readily available like I think, you know, fucking homies that live in that tree down down the street from my house. You know, see so that tree we walked by? Yeah. It, yeah. I feel like any one of those motherfuckers should be able to go to rehab anytime they want, right? When they want. And unfortunately, not a lot of people agree with me because it's like, well, then you're, you know, like, then they're not going to learn their lesson. But, like, at the same time, too, like, does it fucking matter if they get it on the first time or the hundredth time? Just as long as they get it. Mm-hmm. But they're never gonna get it if they never have a chance. That's just my opinion. So education and treatment is the way. But don't the normies hold the stigma? Well, no. That that's that's where the education comes in. Okay. Like the treatment, red right, Like it's education and treatment, like two separate things. So let's go in the education. The, the education is like people need to understand that um, addiction's not a choice. Like um, as fucked up as a kid I was, like. I didn't choose to have that initial outlook on life. Like, but just say no, Steve. I'm sorry, dude. You're right. The, the, didn't you sign that dare program in sixth grade? No, I actually skipped to go fucking um, smoke cigarettes back behind the gym because <laughs> they didn't take attendance. So it was the one time during class where we could go and leave. Oh and so we could go smoke Stokes behind the gym. Winter. Yeah. And all the <laughs> teachers were in there in the dare program like listening yeah. and all the students were in the dare program but they didn't do attendance so i could go out back and smoke stoves with the boys wouldn't you reek of cigarettes well you fucking you, grade? you bring a sweater you bring hand sanitizer some gum listerine strips and you're some this packs. smart in sixth grade to get away with smoking cigarettes wow yeah. you could have ended the, child hunger or if you, you put the, your mind the, right the chopstick method my homie Ken taught me the chopstick method where you yeah. hold the cigarette with two chopsticks so it doesn't get on your that's hands. What I, that's what I did with uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. You're nice with it. Okay, yeah. nice with it. I see you. <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm sorry for that tangent. Oh, no, dude. It was essential. Um, but, like, the education aspect of it, too. Like, um, you know, I, I, I really do believe that... I mean, it's so bizarre, too. Like, it's... Like, and again, it's above my pay grade. Like, I don't know how we're going to educate these cocksuckers, but like, we got to figure it out because like, you know, like I'm not going to figure it out. I don't know how to figure that shit out, but yeah. like it'll, it needs to get figured out because then like, you know, then like when people realize that that dude on the side of the road, like sleeping in on a fucking sleeping bag and yoga mat, like he never had a choice. Mm-hmm. Like people talk about the just sit like the just say no right yeah. like some people can just say no right yeah but unfortunately him. there's a handful of people a good amount of people 
I mean, that, we, we had to learn the tools to say no. Well, well, here's the other thing too, right? So like, you know, we'll go back to me, for example, growing, all, yeah. growing up, you know, just depressed, anxious, never feeling like I fit in, like always feeling like I, I, I just couldn't connect. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm willing to, I'm willing to find any outlet to just feel okay. Like yeah. I don't, I don't believe I had a choice to say no. Like, I feel like sooner or later, like it's going to happen mm -hmm. and I'm going to try a substance. And all it took was that one time for me to realize that this is, this, this, this is what I've been missing, you know? And I think a lot of people just don't have that choice because like, there's so many broken people in this world, so many broken kids, so many hurt kids that just don't have a choice. Yeah. But you know, they fucking, they use Right. Whatever, whatever the case may be, they go on, you know, they, they have a problem. Right. And then now they're fucking 35 on parole, you know, getting fucking multiple prison, prison terms because of their addiction. Um, and they want to get, they want to get help, but there's nowhere to get help. Like, I think that's fucked up. Yeah. And then society's just going to fucking not let them get a job because they're on parole. You know, society's going to look at them different because whatever their past may be, you know, when cops run their record because they pull them over, they're going to get profiled and they're going to be treated less than like, it's just, there's so many things that are broken that need to be fixed. And I think it starts with education and treatment availability, but fuck dude, you know, I could be completely wrong too. Like, who knows, you know, like who knows? I mean, I think you're onto something for sure. Who knows, man? I asked the question because I don't know the answer to it. Who knows? I mean, that's my that's my best guess. Yeah. Best guess. I mean, that's better than me. That's what worked for me, man. Fuck, my parents went to... God, I hated them for it, but they went to Naranon. They got educated. Yeah. Right? And then they offered me the opportunity to go to rehab when I was 17. So, I mean, they didn't really, didn't really offer it. They said, you're going. You're going, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, bro, those two things ended up working out for me. My family and loved ones were educated, and I got access to treatment. Look at where I'm at now. Same thing with you. Your parents got educated and you got access to treatment. Now look where you're at now. Yeah, that's true. I think they, they were just praying and hoping I would finally like get better. Never gave up on you though. Hundred percent. See, love them for it. That's what I'm talking about. Big might, big lows. Fucking shouts out big lows, dude. <laughs> dude, the king himself, dude. <laughs> Jawway. My parents told me. Um, my mom specifically, like the other day, she was like, I don't think you've ever been home this much since you were five years old. <laughs> and it's so true. <laughs> Dude, I was itching to get out of the house, bro. I don't know. It's just, uh, it is crazy, you know? Um, and I, I had like a sense of, of guilt with like Corona. If I was going to like go out, spread like going back to the homies that were like kind of raging low-key i was kind of like sketched out like i didn't want to go over there mm -hmm. you know like i know we're not supposed to but like especially with our demographic like we're the ones that are asymptomatic i didn't want to be asymptomatic and then just like merc one of my parents <laughs> but i'm also convinced i like i had it like on new year's but like i mean like i don't i don't know like no one really knows no one knows. No one knows if you can if you get it the first like you know the whole antibody test that like they totally like circle back on. 
like no one really knows if you got it if you can get it again and if yeah. it's gonna be worse they say there's more strains out there and shit too yeah i mean just the COVID 19 is just like one of a plethora of strains yeah well I'll just get hit with something else like next year like wh- right when like things like start like kicking back we just like we just got like the we just got the shit to to like cure us you oh, know yeah. and they just and then there's just another one that rolls through fucking dude isis hits us with another one dude it's crazy um i guess it's already been apparent but like how internet is now essential versus just like a causality yeah you know or like a um a leisure thing like it's it's essential to like have internet access yeah you know just like to live life and especially and i think this was kind of like the the stamp on the book was just kind of understanding that like the only way we can communicate with people now in um social distancing protocols is by by just going through like the medium in which is most readily available to us i don't know that shit kind of trips me out i mean fuck it's real dude imagine if this shit hit like back in like the 50s dude <laughs> <laughs> write them letters dude, they I, probably had telegraphs too yeah uh i mean you had the telephone in the 50s oh but you had an operator uh operator. Patch, patching you through yeah, my grandma used to be an operator for uh, Pacific Bell. If I do believe, yeah. There you go. I don't know. It's just Pacific Bell even around? No, it's a bunch of mergers. I'm pretty sure they were bought by Singular, and then Singular was bought by AT&T. So I think they're still around, per se, but I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Well, now you know. I don't know. It's... Uh, crazy should we end on that dude we can keep i mean young and so much time to go (laughs) (laughs) i hope someone gets that i hope someone who's listening gets that reference i really do and make my day (laughs) (laughs) oh man well shit dude fucking do you have any uh, burning desires? Dude, no, actually. Really? I think we I think we like summed up like quarantine like pretty it was a pretty good quarantine episode. Yeah, and I mean I think everyone's struggling for content. Like I listen to a decent amount of podcasts. And they're all just going through it like yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I listened to uh I listened to a few like sports podcasts and the biggest thing was the last dance. Did you watch that? Mm-mm. Dude, it's so sick it's like the um like the 1997 98 bull yeah 97 98 bulls like let this camera crew in to like film behind the scenes of like jordan and rodman and like scotty pippen really yeah it's crazy and then they like kind of like deep dive in dude dennis rodman is a he's an animal fucking maniac bro (laughs) he was dating carmen electra dude he what the fuck (laughs) She's still hella hot. She's a dime. Oh, my God. She's got to be 40, 50. She definitely has a type, though. I forget who she's married to right now, but, like... It's the Dennis Rodman type? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Dude, it's just, like, gender fluid, like, I don't know. like (laughs) Had a girl. I mean, whatever floats her about, you know? Tickles the peach, man. Yeah. Just got to get it done one way or another. 100%. Yeah. 
I don't know. That was probably like the biggest thing because they um, it was a ten part series, and they're releasing it on Sunday night, so they're doing two parts every Sunday for the last like five weeks. Hmm. I think that's how the math adds up. And they that was like the biggest like thing around like sports pop culture was just like talking about the last dance for a week and then hoping sports come back. <laughs> that's pretty much it. I, I I mean I'm gonna be honest. We kind of like after I was like struggling to get guests on, I almost did like a solo episode, and I was like, you guys don't want to hear me talk for like an hour. Just Dude, like <laughs> everyone would love to hear you talk no. for an hour. No. Just work that mic, baby. It's all about the people. Maybe I could just like do like a a, a double a, glug glug on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Use my split personalities. Be like, "Hello!" On today's episode, you would sound so manic. <laughs> today's you episode, sound so manic. Sicker than most. I have my guest Porchlight here. Porchlight, how you doing? What's up, dude? I'm doing good today. How you doing? <laughs> New Porchlight always lit. It would be a yes. Never going out. Oh my god, we should totally do that. There's a couple of people who I know would really appreciate that, but I feel like the general population would not know what the fuck's going on. You would sound hella manic. Well, I am hellmanic. If, if you did that by yourself, like you would get a lot of views and like calls and texts about the episode. But like, like Steve, are you okay? Yeah. And, like, are you the, still sober? Then the most non-constructive way possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yo, take this shit down right now. Yeah. <laughs> the CIA hits me. Be like, bro, they're not ready. Take it down. The internet can't handle this. Yeah. They can't handle your fucking chimpanzee. They can't do it. Googles. I can't do it. I can't do it. Can you imagine if an ape worked out? How strong they would be? Who would win in a fight? Well, a, don't a they, gorilla or a bear? Don't they work out every day by climbing on shit? Dude, I mean, like they climb. Chimps, chimps climb. Do you see them hella big? No. No, but they're nimble. I'm just saying. I can you imagine they, if a gorilla worked out? But I think they do. I got like. They don't just sit around all day. I think they, I'm pretty sure they're like lions, dude. Like male lions just like sleep. They just kick and it. Fuck. Yeah. 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 I heard all the lionesses that they get that they, work. They put in the, yeah. Dude, that's they, what they I'm really, saying. they like, they, really, they gotta do they, all the shit. They're really out here, dude. 100%. Really out here. I think just, yeah. I think just women in general just have like a higher drive to like do things. Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot I'm, of really I'm, successful women. I'm speaking just in generalities. Yeah. When you look at the statistics, like there are definitely more women graduating from college than men. Oh, now. for sure, dude. You know, because like, yeah. The toughest thing, like, getting out in the workforce is just like deciding if she's a miss or a missus. Before, like, you see a ring or anything, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should like debunk that. You never answer my question though. Like, who's gonna win in a fight? Uh, a bear, like a massive grizzly bear, or a gorilla? See, I still, I think, I think the bear would, but here's why, right? Yeah. Like, so you the, need to rationalize this for me. The the chimp, like, if they're equally sized, like a weight, like, like I'm in UFC, talking. like they have the same weight class, right? If they're, they're both definitely the heavyweights. Yeah. No, no. But if they're both weigh the same, right? Okay. Okay. Then I, I'm gonna have to go with the bear, but like, here's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bear has those the talons, dude. Like the claws. Yeah. The 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 chimp, like. Maybe he's got some nails on him, but like Bear's not. also got that them teeth too. Right. Well, I heard the gorilla does have like a strong bite too. I don't know. Is it 
It's, I don't know if it's comparable to a bear though. I I'm sure, but the bear knows. I how, could be wrong. The bear knows how to kill. Like, what is the ch- the the gorilla like? You know, I'm sure if you get it pissed off enough, it could definitely kill. Someone. Well, yeah, but like you know, if when he's like wakes up in the morning, he's trying to munch, right? What is he gonna go for? Is he gonna go for like a fucking deer, or is he gonna go for like the no? Ba- they don't. The bananas. They don't eat meat exactly. But the bear, all he does is eat meat. Like he, he kills on the daily. So he's like trained. He's a trained killer. Yeah, I like your argument here. Yeah. I'm leaning more towards the bear. Did you think the gorilla was going to win? Yes. Oh, my God. Especially if, we, if we're talking UFC and it's been training for a minute. Oh, so you're saying the gorilla would throw blows. The gorilla would smack some fucking <laughs> bear meat, bro. Tender that shit up. See, I just... I, I Unless the chimp, like, you know... Because like, we can do some aerial attacks, too, because that shit can... Oh, bears can climb trees too oh, though fuck yeah bears can climb bears can climb but but i mean the thing is is that like you know if you know if we had gorilla fighting southpaw and bear fighting southpaw like i think the gorilla would win because he probably has more reach than the bear because if you notice bears kind of they've got these big bodies but like their legs are kind of small yeah they got legs not arms though you've seen a bear stand up yeah but they definitely have four legs not We'll leave that up for discussion. Debate. Dude, they <laughs> definitely have four legs. <laughs> what are you even saying? I've seen bears just chill on their two legs and get down. Just on to some, eat like, some shit. Like sitting. I don't know. I don't know enough about bears. Plus, they can anatomy. open car doors. Have you seen a bear open a car door? It's like a human. I've seen them. They op- go up. I've they, seen them open like they throw a paw on top and then they cabin hit, doors. They hit the handle with the right hand and they just open it right up. I've seen. So Do they many have videos. opposable thumbs? No, not a chance. But. Dude, I mean, but, like, they probably, like, hook into it. Why yeah, is like, the d- car door open? I don't know, but I, I've seen so many videos. Dude, hippos are nothing to mess with, though. Okay, yeah. yeah. Hippos kill more people than sharks every year. Yeah, I, no, they do, because they look chill, but then they... They're hella aggressive. They, they pop off. And they're also, like, deceivingly faster than humans. Humans aren't even that fast. No. In the animal kingdom? Hell no. No. We're not that fast. We're pretty slow. Yeah. Uh. Dude, should we talk about the UFO? What? Pentagon video? You didn't see that? I don't know, dude. The Pentagon video? I, I haven't educated myself enough on it. And then also, like, the, the, the like proven theory of, like, about the, um, what was it? The, uh... Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're the talking about. The parallel universe. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, there's like the proven theory about the there's like a parallel universe. Dude, people are getting really bored in quarantine if this is the shit that's coming out. But the Pentagon literally released a video of a UFO, but it, I mean, like it's an unidentifiable object, right? Flying object. Yeah. So it they don't know what it is. It could be like another government that just like has way gnarlier shit than our fucking like fighter jets but there's definitely like a video of something flying i want to see like, a, like an, an underground country rate. like you know like like what is it somalia or like whatever those smaller country it like countries out there in like the middle east area uh-huh. like just just like be like they lay low key for a couple like for years right and then they just come out with some badass shit and just like world dominate they wouldn't know that I mean, America would definitely know that before it even happened. What if they're so low key? On the lowest of keys? Yeah. There's 
then that would go in the theory that would they would need uh, sentient like technology. Do you ever hear? Are, are you a big conspiracy guy? It doesn't seem like it. I, yeah. I I like to dabble. I like to just hear the, like <laughs> alternative theories. You know, it's cool sometimes. It's cool to hear different perspectives, regardless of what it is. It's like the, I I like the the disprovement theory where if there were sentient beings that were definitely smarter than us, one, would you be able to recognize them because they would probably be like among us? The second one, if there were sentient beings that were like living like in another universe and that were able to come here and like observe us, wouldn't they realize that we are like a divided world? And if they brought technology down and they just united with one of the countries, they would that country would take it to, like you said, rule the world. Wouldn't they want like a, a global like force to like to cooperate with? Bro, like especially like in the universal theory where like the limitless theory where I mean it's an ex- ever expanding universe. Do you think I can air this episode? Because like I feel like the the FBI would get onto us and shut this shit down <laughs> quick. Nah, they're chilling. They're chilling. Quick, dude. They got They'd other like, shit to. They got other fish to fry, bro. But what if sicker? Again, their line. What? What, what, <laughs> what if sicker the most just comes through and just like spits the facts, and then next thing you know, like the. But you know what? I, but you know what I'm getting at, right? Well, like, absolutely. Like it makes total sense. I just. Yeah. That. But. The, but that's that's the thing too. Is that like. You know, there's so many possibilities out there that, like, we could sit here all day. I mean, all we got is all day. That's what I'm saying. Especially in quarantine, like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's kind of one of those things is like, will we accept reality for what it is? Or will we continue to strive for the next thing? I mean, you shouldn't, like, go all manic over, like, the possibility of, like, other things and, like, people watching you. I definitely did that. It's, it doesn't end very well. You ever done math before? It's like the best thing to do. I don't think I never did math intentionally. Like conspiracy theories just hit harder when you're on math. Yeah, but they're probably like a lot more strung out and a lot less like theoretical based. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm so saying. They're just they, like they just hit a little bit different. Yeah, I got, I got, I, I have like firsthand stories of like people that are close. I'm just, not, I'm not gonna get like into it how I've heard these stories, but like. Definitely, like, child endangerment. Like, I, you're, I feel like, like, schizophrenic, like, meth people, like, hearing shit, like, in the walls, like, wiretap, like, everyone's, like, listening to me. Like, all the, that, that, that's the stuff that I usually think about when people are, like, are on meth. And, like, that's usually the one, right? It's, like, the FBI's listening, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then yeah, nothing yeah. is safe. Right, right. I'm hearing... There's there's people like listening to me like they're they're constantly surveying me. Well, the cars driving by me. Well, check, are... Okay, now check this one out. Check this one out, right? So like, obviously you've done your fair share of acid and mushrooms before, right? Yeah. So you know that by changing a couple chemicals in your brain, it can completely change your your physical reality. Hundred percent. That's all it takes is altering the chemical balance in your brain just a little bit. I don't think meth activates the brain the same way acid does no no it doesn't it, it doesn't that that's proven right yeah but like who's to say who's to say that like the reality we live in is even real because right like mm-hmm. it's only real if you're experiencing it 
Does that make Tr- sense? Yeah. So by that theory, right? Now it may sound crazy for this one, but then isn't every reality real if you're experiencing it, whether the chemicals in your brain are, are normal or not? Well, aren't you in the same reality? You're just doing drugs to alter that? Or are there, or are everyone's reality slightly different? Because my reality and your reality are different. Like, I mean, we're just eons like floating in a photon world, right? Something like that. I've heard, I've heard that one before. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we're just, I mean, it's crazy how we're all kind of built by the same matter and we're just like charged by like electricity. Yeah. 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 You know? Well, shit, dude. I think it's about time to wrap it up. I checked the timer. We're right at, right at like an hour and a half or something. Really? I think that's perfect. Wow. Yeah. That's perfect. We won't we won't give them too much to chew on this up this week. We'll, we'll just give them a little something light. A little nibble. Yeah, a little hour and a half before they catch the line. Yeah, and then we set the hook. Shit, then you're gonna reel them in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Big Daddy Steve. It's all about the fish, guys. Yeah, it's always been about the fish. I mean, life's just a box of fish, right? Yeah, I think I've changed a lot since the last episode. Since you guys last heard me, like I went from like occasionally fishing, like on the weekends, to like fishing five days a week now. You're just ripping lips. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a fucking month. Do you want to shout out that homie with the remixes? <laughs> They're not ready for that one. They're not ready for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a later episode. We'll see. We'll see. But Dude, that know, Bad and Bougie remix hit. <laughs> the hit <laughs> so different. I'm so glad you did the offset <laughs> call too. That was amazing. <laughs> There's this guy that remixes like Pop, like like popular songs, but turns them into like fishing songs. Yeah. So he did like a bass and booty. Uh, bad and boo- is it bass and bougie? No, I. Or th- does he just call it bad and bougie? I think we'll just. Oh, I'll just leak it right now. I'll let him know what it is. No, you. I mean, uh Are they ready? No, they're not, dude. They're not. Maybe that should be your outro music. <laughs> <laughs> just hit him with the outro. No, it's beer in koozies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not promoting it on sicker than. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. It's funny how you like when you're in recovery, you could like make light of like stupid like jokes like that. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, you're not you're not looking down on people that like still use, but maybe you are a little bit. But like it, it you're like you know, for me at least, like we have we've all been there. Yeah, like we've. <laughs> we but all I think thought- some people's mindsets are different, which kind of bugs me a little bit about the recovery community. Like they look down on people who still use. Yes. Yeah. You know. But it's like it's those like, are my friends. Some they're like you yeah, know they're just. People but more too. importantly, like anyone who looks down on them is like, bro, that was you. They're just jealous that they're not normies. I guess. I'm kind of jealous. Can you imagine like just being a? But think about it, bro. Like if you weren't a normie, you wouldn't be sitting here on the dopest podcast in the world. No, I. I like, mean, I don't regret. All the decisions that I made. Every led decision up to this you point. let is yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, I, I'm fully aware. All right, bet. But like, just being able to like party, like once or twice. Like you party on the weekends, right? Like when you're supposed but to. But then that's what your life. Is, and then you go. And then you go look, to work. That's what you look forward to in your life. Like yeah, I, d- like, I know like a lot of. But you know what I mean though. Like you could just say no. Like you don't have to have like a drink like every day or like sneaking in like a cigarette in sixth grade during a dare program. I know? just don't. I I I just feel like 
I'm an extreme kind of guy. So it's either like all in or all out. And like, I couldn't, I wouldn't almost extremos. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have it any other way. Like I wouldn't want to be the person who just has a drink every once in a while. Like, it's just like, yeah, I've got this newfound life. That's fucking sick. And like, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I regret being in the rooms and like being a part of like this really dope community. Cause like, I, I'm not saying that at all. You're just, you're just a type of guy who likes to have options. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Like you I wanna... always like another door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep as many doors as open as possible <laughs> at all times. You feel me on that? I feel you. I feel and it's you. just like, it. I'm not saying I'm limiting, l- limiting the doors, but like the doors that I used to go in, I'm very hesitant in going into. I don't want to go in those, you know, like Steve always coins me as like the dude who puts themselves in the worst situation, <laughs> you know, like I put myself in some really shitty situations yeah. in recovery, Yeah, you know, he pulled through though. He didn't get, didn't get didn't relapse. I was so close. Yeah. A few times, <laughs> a few times I was so close. I thought about it. It was like right there. It was literally like right, like as close as you are to me right now. I mean, of course, we're staying six feet away. It was definitely closer than that. Um, I just said, just, hey, oh, this is good. Hmm. All the sicker than most community. Just, you know, socially distance yourself from drugs till the quarantine's over. Yeah. You can't get high on heroin if it's six feet away from you. 100%. I, <laughs> I've never got high from heroin that was six feet away from me. Yeah. How? I mean, how would you? I'm sure you would figure out a way, though. Maybe. We'll see. Dude, um, before we end, I mean, I guess we were supposed to rap like three times. I think that's Dude, the, that's a beautiful thing about this episode, though, is that like we don't even thing. know where it's going. <laughs> Dude, hundred percent. I think it's been like a pretty solid podcast so far. Yeah. This far, and the best part about it is my fans are real. Like they'll tell me straight up if it was ass or not. Dude, that's so nice. Just tell nice. me all the good ones, please. Oh. Actually, no, I could, I could, I could, I could actually use the ego. No, they'll, they'll, do it in the, the they'll do it in the nicest way possible. Like no, I had someone DM no. me one time where they were like, be ruthless, bro. <laughs> they said, just they call said, me ugly to my face <laughs> no, and then I'll like, laugh bro, at you. This is amazing. They, they said, they said, great show. I love the content. Your, your message is incredible, but, but can you not hit the vape in the, like in the middle of the episode? It sounds like you're, it sounds like you're, what do you say? Like you're hitting a pookie. And I was just like, wait, what? Uh. And I was like, oh, so you don't like the vape thing? He's like, yeah, it's really disrespectful to the recovery community that you just want to hit the vape during the episode. Like the listeners who don't vape, like they, we don't like it. And I was just like, what other listeners are you talking to? That, like don't like the vape hit. Whatever. Yeah, it was awesome. Dude, I, we I, should make love- like a, a dubbed episode and just send it directly to his DM. <laughs> and then just bunch of outrageous noises, just like a, a blow sniff, like a, a whip it vape hit i don't know the whole thing just a bunch of it, we'll do a wiz khalifa laugh <laughs> at the end <laughs> just for him just for this guy you know what god still loves you smr they're just doing drugs dude some people are go- all right this is the last topic right. i want to i want to touch all right, we're seriously wrapping on. up now um for anyone who's stuck around for this long we love you dude I know a few people who uh, were in the program and like were like really in it, right? Like posting about it on social media, like all their like monthly chips, and then they get the year, and then they're like super stoked, like posting fellowship things, you know, like getting really involved. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few of these people get out, and then because like they get diagnosed with AUD, which What's is AUD, it's uh, 
it's uh what what's the medical term AUD. Um, oh my god, it's lost. No, AUD recovery. I'm fr- I need I need to get this right. Whoa. Oh my god. Is it like an actual it's alcohol use disorder? I'm a, I'm an idiot. I can't believe I did, forgot that. A, what the fuck is AUD? Yeah, so it's uh, it's exactly what it sounds like, dude. So it's alcohol use disorder. Yes. So they they people are coming out with this treatment navigator, right? So health professionals use a list of symptoms to diagnose AUD. Depending on how many symptoms the person has, AUD can be mild, moderate, or severe. Even a mild disorder can lead to problems, so treatment is important. So they're coming out with science, and like um, this one girl who I will not name, um, she was telling me that she was diagnosed with like having moderate AUD. So she had like a few years, she called it a few years of remission, which was like being in the rooms, right? Like active recovery. So she had remission, and then she's taking medication. So she drinks like two or time, two or three times a month, with one or two drinks at a session, and like always with her medication, to like not get her drunk, and she like does it socially. So she's like is going with the the science route of like, she has like just alcohol use disorder, right? But it's taking a pill to pretty much make it away. It's like the, I love. Have you ever heard is that joke? Is it an abuse? <sighs> I don't, I, I haven't really like, cause I know there's an abuse, Vivitrol or, or naloxone, but you know what I mean? I, I just don't, th- I just don't think that's the move. Especially it's not bro. Like, okay. Let's say like, if she's not even getting drunk, what's the point of even having the beers? That's what I'm saying. Dude. Right. Like, okay. What's the fucking point? Right. Yeah. It like, like it doesn't infuriate me, but like I'm well, low key flustered a high key. Yeah. You coming from someone who like you, for example, who is like still like, you know, part hat, like goes to like college parties and stuff like that and hangs out and has a good time like yeah. without the need to drink at all. Like why would I just drink a beer just to fit in? Yeah. You know, I have a red solo cup with water and the hydro. No, don't forget the hydro flask. Oh, the hydro's hard in the yeah. paint, dude. <laughs> Stay cold, dude. Depending on the party that you're in, sometimes it gets sweaty in there and Keep your hydro nice and crispy. That's what I'm saying. Keep but it But like, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I can't rationalize that. No. You know, like I'm, I'm just waiting for the day that like, I just see her like back to where she was before. Right. You know? Right. Like I'm not, I don't, I'm no, I don't wish that, you know, but I feel like for people that vibe with the program, see themselves and other people's stories, like really get involved and then have this AUD thing like come along the way and like just swiftly take him out and using your own drunk like realizations and like taking yourself out of that situation doesn't make sense to me. No. You know, no. you you hear about the the justification that the alcoholic has for doing what they want to do and just this seems just like one of the most useful tools to get back out. Right. You know, and fuck your life up. Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's scary. It's not safe. It ain't safe. Now, have you ever heard? Have you ever heard that joke? Um, I'm stealing it from my buddy Jack about the the magic pill. 
Oh, if there was a pill that I could take to make me not an alcoholic. No, I, I mean, it's, it. it's, it's like set up like a joke, though. Oh, what is the joke? Okay. So um, there's an AA meeting, right? And there's a bunch of people there. And it's a, it's a, it's a speaker discussion meeting. And the, this, the chair just, just wraps up. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the meeting, these four doctors open the doors and walk in. And he said, they say to the meeting, we alcoholics, we just found the cure to solve alcoholism. All you have to do is take this one pill and then all your problems are solved. And everyone's kind of deliberating. And uh, people are asking like, oh, how's it work? Like, what's in it? And then there's just one guy that's really hesitant in the back that slowly raises his hand. And he's just like, what happens if we take two? <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> Amen. Should, I want to. I want to meet that guy. I want to be friends with that guy, dude. You are that guy. <laughs> oh my god. Well, there it is. Yeah, I like that one. I'm gonna. Can I? I'm gonna steal that one, dude. Go for it. All right. I stole it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, shit. That was solid. Well, shit. It's dude. a good ass episode right there. Thank you to whoever is still listening. I fucking mean, love all, you. Just listen to it at like 1.2 or 1.5 and you'll be fine. Yeah. I don't talk that fast anyway. Yeah. yeah. I probably lost a lot, a few brain cells along the way. I probably talk a little bit slower. I remember I used to have like these racing thoughts that would just murder my brain. And like the only way I could like stop them is by smoking, hmm. you know, hmm. to calm them down. Yeah. Little did I know that it might be just like low key mania. It's fine. But like, why would you ever self-diagnose yourself like that? Hell no. Who has that wisdom at 15, you know? <sighs> Not you. Doctors? Not you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we fucking, I love you guys. You guys are, you know, the, thank you so much for being patient. Hopefully this episode was, uh, was a little something to get us back on track. Um, you know, we, um, you know, I look forward to continuing to post new episodes every Friday for you guys. Um, you know, shout out to everyone who rocks the merch. Love you guys for that. There's no better feeling than seeing someone wearing a Sick of the Mouse t-shirt. Dude, you know? tell, tell the people about the, the new drop that's coming. Yeah, so I have some new designs, but you know, due to popular demand, I'm going to bring out the short sleeves for summer, um, and uh, we'll, see. we'll see how well those do. And then you know, if they do really hot, then we'll, uh, um, I'll have to drop some new, some new designs, see what you guys think. Um, but yeah, just stay posted. You know, I love you guys. Um, yeah, stay strong, especially during like quarantine. Like we're in phase two right now. Like for people that are in California, yeah. you know, like there's some states in the south that might fuck it up for everyone else. They just start. That might start like the new wave <laughs> Florida. earlier. <laughs> Florida, dude, I wouldn't be upset if Florida somehow like their peninsula just detached and yeah. they just floated next to Cuba, and they weren't a part of this like the country anymore like yeah. we could grab another we could just like consider guam or puerto rico like the 50th state i'd be you down know? for puerto rico yeah i mean they're already a territory yeah turf yeah i mean <laughs> <laughs> all right well you know we like to end every episode with this you know um i just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all the supporters and all the people that going through quarantine you know i know we've lost a lot of people you know i'm not like lost lost but like a lot of people have gone out and just the people who have came back you know I, I i commend you guys for your uh your strength you know encouraged to come back you know and um 
Yeah, man, you know, just remember, no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, you are lovable and you are forgivable. So keep that in mind, keep your head up, and keep it moving. Peace. Peace.